Good morning, Pittsburgh. Adam Crowley worked late last night, so he got the day off this morning because it would have been a fast turnaround for him, and we don't want that. So I'm here. Nicholas Harry Callis filling in for you on this Tuesday morning on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. This is The Fan Early Morning Show, The Wake Up Show, and it's presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber, and you can apply at 84lumber.com. Well, as you might have heard over the weekend, I've been on some shows talking about baseball, and this is my favorite time of year because baseball is starting. Spring training has started. It's a new year, a new optimism for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a team that I'm fond of. And it's almost March. The weather's kind of turning. Tomorrow, the forecast shows highs reaching about 66 degrees. I like that. I'm more of a warm guy, although... uh, um, more of a warm guy as it relates to my weather preferences, although you know many people would comment that I don't really wear jackets around here, but I still don't like the cold, even though I can bear it. I prefer to bask in the heat of summer and the warm of summer and uh, enjoy a baseball game or several baseball games throughout baseball season. So that's my that's my favorite sport. If you didn't know, well, now you do. You heard it from me first. But I got a philosophical question to open up this show with. And you can call me at any time, talk about any Pittsburgh sports, 412-928-9370 is the number. If you want to call in, you want to talk about anything Pittsburgh sports. The Penguins won two games over the weekend. The Steelers just signed back a linebacker. The Pirates haven't won many of their games so far in spring training, although they played just a couple, and it's just spring training. I'm never worried about that. And some players are showing signs of promise for the Pirates. But let me start you off with a philosophical question. Just hear me out for a second. When in your life have you ever never made changes, you've never tried something different, you've never gone out of your way to change behaviors or change habits that might be not working for you in your life? And when have you ever not changed those habits and you found that your life changes. The people around you change, and your life gets better. You become happier with your life, or you become more productive of a person. The answer to that is probably never. Rarely do we see in life nothing change and things get better. Never in life, or mostly never in life, do we not take risks and then see drastic change, right? Because in order for change to happen, we got to take some risks, right? We got to change our behaviors. We got to change our habits. If we want to make, if we want to see different results in our lives, right? We have to change. We have to evolve. We get to make better choices in our lives, make things change, change our habits, change our behaviors, change the circumstances of our lives to make things better, to take that risk with the chance of seeing a brighter, Tomorrow, a brighter side of life, a change in life. This is what Major League Baseball is doing right now. I mean, think about some of the reports that have that have been going about Major League Baseball, how the attendance is down, how the game is struggling, how there are just multiple things wrong with the game, from the economy of the game to the way the game progresses in each individual one, how it might be too slow, how too many pitchers are being used, how too how terrible it is to watch games that are lopsided in baseball because there's no clock. 
Right now, think about all these things that that have been going wrong with baseball, that have you know made baseball not enjoyable for many who like it, from young to old. Something's wrong, right? Something, something's wrong. Nobody can put their finger on one specific problem to change. So what does Major League Baseball do? Major League Baseball takes a risk and says, you know what? We want to make our fans happier. We want to keep the spirit of the game in. So you know what? It's never had a clock in its history. But right now, this sport needs a clock. This sport needs a pace clock, a pitch clock. The players have become terrible at policing themselves and pacing themselves in a reasonable way that the games were dragging on so long. And so right now we've got a clock in baseball. I hear some complaints about it. And I hear some complaints from old-fashioned baseball fans who say the game of baseball has never had a clock in it. Why are we starting now? It's the players that are the problem. You know, if players just didn't step out of the box so much, it would be fine. And I hear that side of the argument, and I also hear, well, if you put a clock in the game, you're ruining the fundamentals of the game. And see, here's why I don't agree with that. Here's why I don't agree with that sentiment. If you don't have a rule in place for the players to do something, they should not have to do it. If you don't have a rule in place that says you've got to be in the batter's box, you should not have to be in the batter's box. No umpire wants to be the 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 umpire in that situation, the official in that situation to call a strike on the batter for not getting in the box when the umpire says so. Right, because it's one of those rules that's like, well, if the umpire tells you to get in the box, you get in the box, but like, how many umpires want to make headlines for that? Right? Any umpire that might call a strike on a batter for not being in the box on his time, it's going to make the news. It's going to make headlines. And no umpire wants to be a victim of that. Because that was one of those rules that's... that's uh, judgment-wise. It's it's ambiguous. It's, I could call this, but should I? Or is it easier just to let the players take their time? Let the batter wiggle his batting gloves several times and twist his bat with his fists? And then the pitcher touch his cap a few times, bend over, touch the rosin bag, come back up, breathe three times, and then deliver a pitch? You see what I'm saying? It's like... It, it, the umpires didn't want to be the center of attention in that case before, so they let the players do it. The players were not policed. The players were not policed to manage themselves time-wise. And think about Yadier Molina and all the strategy he had taking mound visits over and over and over again in crucial situations. Now, as a player, that's a great strategy. But as a fan, I'm watching that going, you know, I don't, I don't want him to be able to stall in this moment. I just want the game to go on, like a tense moment, maybe runners in scoring position in a close game. I want the pitcher to be forced to make pitches. I want the pitcher to have to face that situation and execute without getting an undefined amount of time. And that's why I think baseball was struggling. That's why I think a pitch clock's a good thing. Nobody nobody wants to police themselves in any case. So if you don't regulate the time management that the players have, the pitcher to deliver a pitch and the batter to get in the box, if you don't regulate that, what makes you think the players are going to do it themselves? we got a caller, 
9370 is the number. You're on 93.7 The Fan. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Yo, it's Tim from the Tank Brigade. Tim, what's going on? Well, this is probably the last time that I'll ever talk about baseball because I really do hate the sport. But can we just agree how poorly marketed Major League Baseball has managed? I mean, baseball is the only professional sport that I'm aware of that if the sport goes to extra time, people leave or complain. I mean, isn't that just wild to you? I agree that it is. I mean, but you also don't have... I mean, that that's why I like the clock in baseball, because you've got shorter games. You're not sitting there for four to five hours of your time. You know what I mean? It, there's only so much twiddling a batter can do or, or how much hat touching or bending over a pitcher can do before I'm like, just deliver the pitch or the mound visits, too, were rough. I mean, they do. They did need to do something, and, I mean, I, I do get, get that. But, like, the, I think just in terms of, like, quality like the sport is just really hard to watch and to digest i mean i've always been an anti-steroid era guy and i'm always going to be because cheating is wrong mm-hmm. but i mean the sport was at least watchable then i mean it's just i'd rather watch golf and i mean really talk about oh. someone who you know scratch calf here adjusts readjusts readjusts up there i mean you might look at sight lines and stuff for a golf ball for the next 20 minutes before you take a shot and you're like is he ever going to hit this ball but i mean at least there's like some commentary going on about something that has nothing to do with golf which i mean sometimes you get a chuckle out of that or maybe there'll be a bird that flies in front of the golf ball and you're like wow look at that because it's suddenly far more interesting i don't watch golf too often but don't they like if they're doing a, a tour or they're doing they're all playing a course on a specific day, don't you have cuts too to different golfers where uh, at specific places they are on the course to keep you going as well? You can watch multiple people at one time. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the you know I, in terms of like going to a I'm I'm not a big golf fan, but like going to a golf tournament, I would be bored out of my mind. But like it's digestible if you turn on television. I mean they'll jump you to all of the best shots like uh, uh, top 10 highlight reel almost in real time. Yeah, I hear you. Thanks for the call. Tim from the Tank Brigade, one of my favorite guys uh, to call into this fan morning show. I, I hear that. I hear that. And that's why golf, like he was saying, and that was kind of the point I was alluding to, golf's more digestible even because when you're watching on television, you have more than one angle to look at. You've got those highlights that he's talking about. They cut to different players and they cut to more crucial shots. They give you the best players that are on the course, the most – um, in-demand players to watch for a specific game, which makes sense. And then if somebody's doing extraordinarily well, they're on pace to to go under par by a good bit, probably cut to those guys. Keep a track of that. That makes golf digestible for television. I get if I were there, too, uh, uh, or if Tim from the Take Brigade said if he were there, it wouldn't be um, as interesting to watch if you're on one part of the course trying to watch these guys adjust their gloves and stuff, but they make it digestible for television. And that's important. Baseball has not been digestible for television or to go. And I I love extra innings baseball. I mean, I, I love baseball. I, I, I can appreciate the sport. I played up through my sophomore year in college. And I think that's why it was easier for me to digest baseball as a player, because I knew, you know, I'll go to pirate games here and there, but I also get to play this for like, I get to invest my time playing this sport. 
And I have a whole new lens about baseball now being in, in sports media and not being a player. Because if I'm trying to watch the game and digest the game, and I've also produced for the Pirates Radio Network, I was the central board control operator um, last summer, and just trying to you know sit there and digest a game, it's, I, I can understand how it's tough. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And, and, and the Pirate games that I've gotten to watch, I've been blessed to be able to work those games and be in a position where I get to consume the pregame during the game live and then the postgame. That's just me. But I can also understand as somebody who doesn't play baseball anymore, if you're sitting there and sometimes you're watching and some of those games are blowouts, some of the games are not fun to watch, especially when you're on the losing end. They're not fun. They're not fun to watch. They're not fun to cover. They're rough days. Those happen. But I can also understand that, you know, if you've got a team that isn't doing well, that's just not having a good year, and you're trying to watch these games over and over and over again, eventually it's going to get tough to watch. And the nature of the game has just been slow because, like I said before, the players don't police themselves when it comes to pacing. If they don't have to do something, they won't, and it is strategic to take your time. It is strategic to call mound visit visits. It is strategic to put rosin on your hands and you know get into a routine that makes you comfortable. That's strategic. That could help your team win games. You might not have statistics to back that up, and you might be pessimistic about how effective that is. I certainly am. Well, the bottom line is, is that it might be strategic and, and, and to put the batter or the pitcher in the most comfortable position for them to do the best they can. They're going to choose being comfortable over being rushed every day of the week. I totally believe that. So that's why I think the pitch clock is important in baseball. That's why I think it's important to have that in there because the players won't police themselves. So you need something in there now, which is great that baseball did it. You need something in there now to make the players get up to the plate faster, get on the mound faster. Very important. 412-928-9370 is the phone number. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. We're talking about rule changes in Major League Baseball. If you want to express your pleasure or displeasure with the rules, you can call me at that number, 412-928-9370. can also talk about any Pittsburgh sports. The Penguins won. A couple over the weekend, they're playing the Nashville Predators tonight. Pittsburgh Steelers just signed back a linebacker. And the Pirates losing in spring training, but still optimism. I know last week several callers called in and talked about of the three teams in Pittsburgh that you're most optimistic for right now if you said the Pirates. I'm happy to hear that. So let's keep talking about these rule changes. And again, 412-928-9370 is the phone number. Call me, talk about it, tell me if you agree or disagree with my take, or if you like or don't like the rules, the rule changes. But in Major League Baseball, uh, something happened over the weekend. The Red Sox and the Braves were playing, and a batter got caught out in this scenario, which I I never envisioned that it was possible that, that this could happen. But with a three-ball, two-strike count and two outs in the inning, it was the ninth inning, the bases were loaded, tie game, and the batter got called out on strikes because with eight seconds left on the pitch clock, the batter was not alert to the pitcher. Now, what an awful scenario because that was strike three, batter's out, third out of the inning, in a 6-6 game, 
in spring training in the ninth inning. So in spring training, that game ends in a tie. If it were the regular season, it would have gone to extra innings. But since it was spring training, the game ended in a tie. And that's how you ended your ball game with a call like that, which just seems brutal. It seems brutal, but there's a reason why I like that that happened. And there's a reason why I think that it's good that it happened in that example to be an example for the rest of the players in Major League Baseball. I'm going to talk more about that next. This is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. This is The Fan Early Morning Show, and I'm Nicholas Harry Callis. We'll be right back after this break. It's The Fan Early Morning Show. Adam Crowley worked last night, so it was a long day for him, so he gets a well-deserved day off today, and I'm filling in for him. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. The Fan Early Morning Show, and we're talking baseball early this morning because spring training has begun in Major League Baseball. Pirates have already played in a couple games. And Major League Baseball is enforcing some new rules. One that had some controversy over the weekend, specifically with the Braves and the Red Sox. Braves batter was up with a 3-2 count, two outs, bases loaded, ninth inning. The batter got into the box, was not set, was not alert to the pitcher. With eight seconds left on the clock, and per rule, if the batter is not alert to the pitcher, with eight seconds left on the pitch clock, the batter is called uh, is penalized with a strike. And since that was strike three, that was an out. And since it was the third out of the inning, the inning ended. Now, in the regular season, that game would have uh, it was tied with the bases loaded. That game would have got an extra inning still, but because it was spring training, the game ended as a tie immediately due to that call. And so now the question's begged. Is that a fair ruling? Is that a fair judgment call? Should they be calling this rule in those situations? Well, I would say yes. Right away, I would say yes. If you've got to enforce the rule at every point in the game as equally as you possibly can, and as the officials, as the umpires, they want to make it as clear as possible that this is how the game is going to be called and that everybody is going to be enforced to these rules as strictly as they possibly can be. Call me and talk about it. 412-928-9370. I'm Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. Tell me what you think about these rules. I mean, I know some people who are old school think uh, baseball's never needed a clock. Baseball's never needed to be regulated like this. I would argue it would, though, because if you don't police the players, they're certainly not going to police themselves. And I think we can all agree that some of the things that players do from batters to pitchers is just excessive and unnecessary by, uh, you know, pitchers bending over, getting a bunch of rosin, touching their hats over and over again to batters, unwrapping and rewrapping their batting gloves, uh, twisting their bats, getting a tight grip in their fists as they step up to the plate, right? You know, some things that I think we could all, that most of us could agree, eh, not, not all that necessary. Strategic for the players. It makes the players comfortable, but it's the best way to pace games. I personally don't think so. I think that if the players won't police themselves, that's where the necessity for a rule comes in. But Greg Brown talked to uh, Greg Brown, Pirates announcer, talked to Jeff Hathorn over the weekend. Jeff Hathorn is the uh, sports director at Odyssey Pittsburgh and uh, most known here at 93.7 The Fan for doing work with the Steelers, but he does it all. Covers some pit basketball as well as the play-by-play for them. Jeff Athorn hosted a show 
yesterday and talked to Greg Brown just about his experiences. And Greg Brown, if you ever heard him talk about the game of baseball, is also very old school and traditionalist. He doesn't think that too many changes need to be made, you know, all the time and that, you know, the game can survive on its own. And I think that's totally fine. But even Greg Brown was saying, uh, was citing, he said, you know, not that I was in favor of the pitch clock right away, but, um, but he said that games in spring training that used to take roughly three to four hours are now taking two and a half hours, and it very well might be because players are being enforced to this rule. And he also said something that caught my attention, too. He talked about uh, it's universally known as Major League Baseball's pitch clock. But Greg was talking about how he said some of the, p- the pitchers that he talked to about the clock said, no, it's not, a, it's not a pitch clock, it's not a pitcher's clock, it's a pace clock. And I think the biggest example of that was with the batter that we saw for the Braves getting called out because the batters are also the batters also have an obligation. If the pitchers have to deliver a pitch every 20 seconds, the batters have to be ready to give the pitcher enough time to deliver a pitch. So it really is a pacing clock. We got a caller. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Hey, Dave. This is Dave out in the parkway. Hi, Dave. What do you want to talk about? Uh, the the new rules in baseball, but uh, I agree with them with, with the time clock. But the the two pitches over to first base, I I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I mean, think that about it too. Like I I was a pitcher in college, and I know that uh, you know I wasn't the best at throwing velocity, and I wasn't great at getting strikeouts. So to stall and help myself gain a better pace or throw off the rhythm of the batter, I'd throw over to first base three or four times without even. I thought that I was going to pick the runner off at first base. Well, yeah, but, I mean, doesn't that give a runner advantage? If I mean, you got a guy that's fast and good at stealing. I mean, I don't know. Well, it just seems like it gives the offensive advantage there on that. Yeah, I hear you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. So, uh, for me, Dave, it's it's about uh, if the runner's fast, the runner's probably going to be going early in the count. That's usually how base runners have stolen bases now. Uh, or recently, you know, they usually go early in counts. They don't wait. So if a pitcher is going to throw over, the pitcher's got two chances to throw over. You've got one to throw over, and then the second one, you better get him out because if you don't, he can steal next. But think about that too. If a if a if a base runner is going to run early in a count, the pitcher could throw over one time and then deliver a few pitches. But by the time, I mean, by the time he would have a realistic chance of picking up off anyway, the, the count would probably be already be at one ball, one strike, or one ball, two strikes, or two ball, one strike, that kind of thing. So I don't know if it gives too much advantage because I know a lot of base-stealing runners like to go on the first or second pitch nowadays. Got another caller, 412-928-9370. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Yeah, Andrew Kennedy. Hey, uh, I really like the pitch clock. You know, look what the uh, short clock did for the NBA very long right? time ago. Yeah. And also, I think Mitch Keller is a real key to the pitching staff this year. Do you know anything about how he looked this spring so far? Well, I've heard. Thanks for the call. I've heard that. Um, I've heard he's been doing well. He's been showing signs of progress, and I know his second half of last season was also inspirational. I agree. He he could be a make or break piece of this Pirates rotation. He's a name that the Pirates are going to be relying on to succeed. And I was talking about this with um, with Donnie Football and, and Jeff Hathorn yesterday. We talked briefly about the Pirates. but And Josh Taylor brought this up to me, too, on Saturday. So I, I 
this thought is not totally independent to me, but this is one of the most stable rotations that the Pirates have had in the last five years. I mean, think about the names in it. Vince Velazquez, an established name, great competitor for the Phillies, had some good seasons with them. Rich Hill, though his biggest criticism is that he's old, is still an established name and is a pitcher who started 20 games in five of the last seven seasons. Mitch Keller's in there. A Rowanzi Contreras, your young, up-and-coming, flame-throwing pitcher. So that's four names right there. The, the rotation, I would say, has to stay mostly consistent. That fifth spot uh, can be, you know, it can be maneuvered here and there with different names. Um, but those four guys right there, they've got to be key pieces if this team's going to contend. Consistency is important on any good team. You need a sprinkle of young talent. You need a sprinkle of veter- veteran leadership. But the number one thing is consistency. So if Mitch Keller can be consistent and play well, I have all the reason in the world right now to believe that he could have a productive season with many quality starts for the Pirates this year. Hands down, totally believe that. Um, you know, He's just got to perform like he did in the second half of the season. And if he does that, he'll be uh, he'll be a key piece for this team. But that's one of those pivotal players on the team. Like, you don't have too many expectations right now for Rowanzi Contreras. He's still young. You know, he had a good season last year or a great season, depending on what your expectations were of him. Uh, Rich Hill could be disposable if the team doesn't do well come the trade deadline. Vince Velasquez, another piece. But you want Mitch Keller to do well. There's so many expectations on him. Uh, a high draft pick, somebody that the Pirates have been uh, for years prior building up and saying, you know, he's part of this future. So um, I hope for his sake and for the Pirates' sake that he does well because he's one of those pieces that you want to be consistent and uh, help you contend and win baseball games.